0: How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, How so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice.
1: (laughs) Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Mike L., and as always, I'm joined by Michael Dell of the LCS
2: Hockey Radio Show.
0: That's right, and once again, we have a returning guest two weeks in a row now. Why don't you
2: tell everybody who's here? <laughs> it's our buddy, Kevin Jank. Woo!
0: Hey!
2: I'm back again. <laughs> yeah, two weeks in a row. <laughs> Can't stay away. Because uh, last week you joined us for, uh, what, what did we do last night? Oh, uh Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Wolfpack, yeah. that's right. And I mentioned that the this week we'll be doing Dazzler issue twenty eight from nineteen eighty three, and you were very excited. So I extended the invitation, and you were foolish enough to take us up on it
1: and look, you're back two
2: weeks in a row. Look at you. Yep.
3: Yep. You know I love the X Men books, so any kind of mutant related book, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna be in. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm, go- I'm glad you're here because you're you're up on all the latest Dazzler news, right? You know or like more recent <laughs> adventures.
3: Well, somewhat more recent. All right. <laughs> Not the last couple of years.
2: Now, now, Mike L., we were talking before the show. You say you're a big fan of Dazzler. You love reading her books. <laughs> uh, you've read well,
0: about her. <laughs> Can I? Okay, so I'm sure, you know, you and I, Mike Doug, grew up in the 80s. Yes. And my first exposure to Dazzler was in Uncanny X-Men, drawn yes. by Mark Silvestri
2: with the blue costume. Oh, oh. oh you're talking to then? No, 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 no. I remember her from way back <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Dark so Phoenix, Phoenix Saga? Yeah, like her first appearance, because I, I wasn't like buying, I, I actually owned the first issue of, uh, the first appearance of Kitty Pride, 129, so that was like right before Dazzler, right? But uh, I was so little, I didn't know what was going on. But then when I got a little bit older, I I bought a, uh, I, I had a, a friend down the street had the collection of the Dark Phoenix Saga. Oh, really? Okay. And, like Dazzler was in there, like a trade paperback or something. So uh, I think she was in there, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, yeah. she was introduced there. Yeah. So yeah, I first saw her uh, with Mark Silvestri, like, you know, Fall of the Mutants era, and then I and then I went back and read the classic X Men reprints, and then I read like you know her early appearances by John Byrne and all that, uh, and, and completely different like look and kind of different style the way she was written, but I didn't read any of her yeah. solo comics until years later. So.
2: Yeah, this is the first time I'm ever reading a Dazzler solo adventure. And again, the, this is 1983. Uh, not, now, Jank, do you know the history of the Dazzler character, how she came to be?
3: Uh, actually, not really. I'm pretty sure that was her first appearance during the Dark Phoenix saga. So I guess yeah. it's Chris Claremont and John oh, Byrne.
2: I would guess wrong? Michael, oh, really? do, you know, do you know the origin of the character, Michael?
0: Well, I know that she was created originally to be a, a tie in. With That's a, right. A, with a real, like, pop singer. Right?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll break it down for you. Oh. Uh Dazzler character started in 1978 when Casablanca Records commissioned Marvel to create a disco singer character for an animated special. And the record company would find a singer to play the role. And it, the idea was to release an album, the animated series, and the comic book all at once. Like, to cross-promote. Because Casablanca Records, they, uh, they were big in the 70s they also released kiss that's Donna right summer the village people and share <laughs> they were some of the records but kiss and wow. i think it was uh was it the same year maybe the year before they released a comic book with marvel as part of their album release mm. so casablanca was trying to cash in on that same thing with the disco and the idea was to call the character the disco queen
0: <laughs> <laughs> <That>
2: was the <laughs> original idea um uh, Yeah, I didn't know any of this, but when I was doing my normal research to see who created uh, Dazzler, I'm like, well, it's got to be Claremont and Byrne, right? But no, no, no. The creators are actually credited as Tom DeFalco, Roger Stern, and John Romita Jr. Right, right, right. Oh. Because because they were the ones assigned to create the character for the cross-promotion idea. And uh, it was Roger Stern's idea to change the name from Disco Queen to Dazzler. (laughs) So there you go. Good choice. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Jim Shooter was in charge of writing the, anime, the animated series Treatment. And so, you know, it, it had to be awesome if Jim Shooter wrote it. it really <laughs> and also, they had a deal to make a feature film then with Filmworks, the production company mm. Filmworks. Wow. Yeah, but get, get a load of this. So Casablanca Records had financial trouble, and they dropped out of the project entirely. But the movie was still a go. Hmm. But the original Dazzler design, done by John Ramita Jr., I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of it, but he drew her like Grace Jones. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> you guys, do you remember Grace Jones? Yeah, the, tall yeah. black model. In the right? Pee Wee's Christmas special. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was uh, into like uh, experimental music, and she was like a model, uh, very tall. She was a vill- She played a villain in uh, the James Bond movie, I think, uh, for your eyes only. Right, one of those.
0: yep. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yeah. So. Very iconic look, but it looks nothing like what Dazzler looks like today. <laughs> so, why did it change? Nope. Because Filmworks, they wanted to promote Bo Derek. And they wanted Bo Derek to star in the film. Mm. So, they, uh, they demanded that Marvel change the character to make her look more like Bo Derek. But then, unfortunately, the film got scrapped when Filmworks refused to let John Derek, Bo's husband, direct the film.
1: Ah. So, the whole
2: project fell apart. So... Marvel created this character, you know, for this cross promotion with Casablanca records, and then an eventual film and an animated series. None of it happened, but they still (laughs) had the character. So they're like, all right, let's stick her in X-Men. And that's what they, uh, that's what they did. Wow. uh, Dazzler's first, uh, the character's name is Alison Blair, and she made her first appearance in X-Men 130 in 1980. Wasn't it it 129?
0: Or no, I'll get you right.
2: 130. Yeah. 129 Mm -hmm. is Kitty Pryde. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, her mutant gimmick is uh, she can turn sound into light. And, and mm-hmm. she's like, uh, she's still like a disco singer, you know? Um, like when she performs oh, on yeah. stage, she puts on the light shows to like, to, you know, mesmerize the, the audience. And they're like, how do you do that? And she's like, it's just crazy technology.
1: Mm-hmm. She
2: doesn't admit that she's a mute. You know, she doesn't want people to know. Yeah.
3: You'd so notice got... the
2: light is coming out of her body. Like, <laughs> who <think> that? Just <laughs> crazy technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh she got her own series in 1981 and that's what we're reading here today and it lasted for 42 issues mm. yeah that's now pretty solid. yeah like i said i never read any of them jank you said you bought them but uh you read a few of them right um i bought them as
3: a you know a big lot and then i never read any of them until this week <laughs> uh, just and i like read a couple I was... this week <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That was in <laughs> my face, trying to get everything X-Men related. So I had to go back and buy all the Dazzler issues.
2: Yeah. So apparently it was more of a romance comic. Like, yeah. Know, it reads like it, that. It, <laughs> it focused more on her career and personal life and not so much superhero stuff. Because she was actually hiding the fact that she was a mutant. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. pretty much for the entire run of the series, she hid the fact that she was a mutant. And she wasn't like a superhero. Yeah. She was just a lady trying to go about her business. A lot it, about her recording
3: uh, her album and, you know, the, right. the trials and tribulations of an upcoming singing artist and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and I'm going through the uh, creators here. The first uh, seven issues are written by Tom DeFalco. And then, uh, Mike, you mentioned this guy last week, Danny Fingeroth. He wrote issues eight through 24 and issue 26. Right. Stephen Grant wrote issue 25. We remember him from uh, Punisher fame. That's right. Yep. Uh, our bold buddy Jim Shooter wrote issues 29, 31, 32, and 35. Mm. Somebody named Ken McDonald wrote issue 30. I Mike heard. Carlin wrote issues 33 and 34. Yikes. Linda Grant, I don't know if she's related to Stephen. she wrote issue 36. Mm. Bob, Boy. Dana, Bob De Natale wrote issue 37. Bottom of the uh, barrel. <laughs> Archie Goodwin wrote issues 38 to 42 to close things out. And then the issue we're reading today was written and drawn by, uh, what's the guy's name? Frank Springer. Frank Springer, yeah. Yeah, he wrote issues 27 and uh, 28, and we're reading 28 today. But so there you go. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, what, 11 writers, or 10 writers.
3: Yeah. 10 <laughs> That's writers a recipe for success.
2: In 42 <laughs> yeah. That's what you look for for consistency in a character 10 Yikes. different writers. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the artists, uh, John Romita Jr. drew the first three issues. Uh, Mark Bright drew three issues later. Uh, Paul Chadwick did issues 38 to 42. I never heard of him. Uh, someone named Tom Morgan. Hold on. Paul Chadwick I... is
0: the creator of Concrete. He was a big indie oh. creator in the late 80s and 90s. i heard of yeah.
2: Concrete. All right. Yeah. Um, Tom Morgan wrote, uh, drew issue 37. Don't know him. Uh, Jeff Isherwood drew issues 34 and 36. Don't know him. <laughs> and then uh, our buddy Frank Springer drew the majority of the issues. I think he did like, uh, where is it? I wrote it down here uh 29 issues of Dazzler between issues 4 and 35. So, Whoa. he was like the regular guy there for the most part. Did so, you do any research on him? Are we to talk about him later. Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Ooh. Um also our buddy Bilson Kavage uh painted the cover for this issue.
1: Yeah. And he
2: did painted Boy, he did covers. It. He did painted covers for issues 27 through 35, but he had also drawn five issues earlier on in the run, but he did seven the, the painted ones later. So, in, uh, when this series ended, then, um, or maybe it was right at the end of the run, but in October of 84, there's a graphic novel about the Dazzler. It's called Dazzler the Movie.
3: Yes. Right. I own
2: that as well. Wow. Did you ever read it? <laughs> nope, not yet. <laughs> well, you're in for a treat because it was written by Jim Shooter. Woo! And it was, <laughs> yeah. And it was drawn by Frank Springer. But if it's one thing Jim Shooter knows how to do, it's write women. <laughs> uh, apparently, the plot of Dazzler the movie has some old record executive try to rape Dazzler. Oh, she god. fights him off, but then she falls in love with him.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> that what
2: old chestnut, So that's Jim Shooter doing Jim Shooter things in nineteen eighty-four. How history's greatest romances start.
0: <laughs>
3: that's right.
2: <laughs> Uh, so then also in 1984, this like I guess the, the plot of the uh, Dazzler the movie, um, she's, the fact that she's a mutant get, is exposed to the world, so it kind of ruins her career and mm-hmm. her career tanks. So then after that, we get Beauty and the Beast, 1984, a four-issue yeah, limited that. series yeah, with uh, Dazzler and uh, Blue Furry Beast. How about it's that? It's terrible, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, well, do you know who wrote it, Michael? Uh, was it Al Milgram? It was our beloved Innocenti.
0: Oh, you. Sorry, <laughs> Ann. Sorry. I
2: love Innocenti, but that was not good. <laughs>
1: and it
2: and it was drawn by Don Perlin. Uh, Bill Kevitch did the covers, but they were drawn, not painted. Mm. And so there you go. Oh, uh, Dazzler was going to be a founding member of X-Factor. We mentioned this before, but then uh, they decided to bring Jean Grey back. So, uh, right, right. They came in. And she joined the X-Men officially in issue 214 in 1987. That yeah. was right after the Mutant Massacre when uh, she was possessed by Malice. Do you remember mm. that Marauder? Mm-hmm. Malice? So uh, there you go. Now, now Jank, how, she's still been in the X-Men all these years? No, she was very off and
3: on, like... She spent most of the 90s, I would say, in Mojo world, in the Mojo Verse, because like her and Longshot were pretty much married and like they Dude. were fighting for freedom in the Mojo Verse, And then uh, mm. they kind of just lost track of that whole thing <laughs> in a big way. And all of a sudden, like Mo- like Longshot was back, but he didn't have his memory. And like she came back to the X-Men for a little bit, but she wouldn't talk about what happened. And then they just mm-hmm. kind of forgot about it. <laughs> oh. And she was kind of on and off again with the X-Men over the, the next couple of years. Like, she would kind of be, you know, touring, I guess, and then she'd come back for a little bit. <laughs> she was never, like, fully committed to the hero thing.
2: Yeah, I, I guess during the course of this series, she kind of switched from being a singer to being an actress as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. As it went on, but... Um... I don't know. Yeah, I guess
3: Dazzler the movie, she'd have
2: to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that would make sense. (laughs) And I guess Dazzler appeared in one of those most recent X-Men films. Is that correct? Oh,
0: yes. Portrayed by Halston Sage from the Orville. And she is absolutely beautiful. Please look her up. Halston Sage Dazzler. (laughs) She's in the film for about a second and a half. So you don't see much of her, yeah.
3: That's um, about what they did with most of the people in those movies. Right. (laughs) But she does
0: a great job, though.
2: They have no lines. She did a great job (laughs) in that second and a half.
1: She was awesome.
2: All right. I guess uh, in terms of the Dazzler character, I guess her deal is that uh, her mother was a young uh, performer, like a uh, happy-go-lucky, by of your pants kind of lady. And she married a fella who was kind of like a little older and um, a stickler for the roles. (laughs) you know i guess opposites attract Mm. so then when uh she they had allison the mom just hit the bricks she just took off she left the daughter and just went you know to live like the old uh meandering lifestyle of a i don't know a singer dancer or whatever stripper (laughs) i don't know whatever you want to say yeah (laughs) and and her dad is like a judge and he wanted her to be following his footsteps and become a lawyer and and she rebelled and she wanted to be a singer like her mom
0: before, even though her
2: mom abandoned her so that caused a lot of strife between her and her dad and you know he like kicked her out of the house or whatever and and then she uh she went and followed her passion of being a singer yeah well so, apparently
3: was- i guess her mom like cleaned up her act eventually but she married some other guy who was like an abusive alcoholic and had another daughter that i guess has yeah. just recently come into dazzler's life right issue we're going to be reading today.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds exactly like this issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out today. Michael, anything else about the Dazzler you'd like to mention? Uh,
0: not much. Um, Other than, you know, when I was a kid, I had a crush on her.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: For sure. You know, she looked good <laughs> and drawn by Mark Silvestri. So. Yeah, Silvestri was great. Uh, was mm-hmm. a big oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Good
3: times. She was uh, my second favorite character in the X-Men arcade game. Nightcrawler number oh. one, Dazzler number two.
0: Oh. Oh, you know what? I gotta say one other thing. You guys do remember the Pride of the X-Men cartoon pilot, right? Yes. yes. I actually just was...
2: watched it not too long ago. Like a couple months back, I, I saw it on YouTube and I watched a little bit of it. Yeah.
0: No, don't you agree that it was better than what we got with the nineties TV show? The nineties cartoon? Yeah. Yes. I think, here I think...
2: Right now. <laughs>
0: the Nineties. <90s laughs> it
3: was the best show ever
0: (laughs) oh man i don't get it see for me like coming in like and this is the same like all those 90 shows i came in having already read comics for you know 10 years so i don't know i mean for me i was just like oh i I loved what they did with pride of the x-men and then when the the second one came out, i was like what the hell is this even the lineup because the reason i brought it up is because dazzler's in pride of the x-men but for yeah. the 90s show, they dropped her, they dropped Colossus, they dropped all these, you know, certain characters. So most kids that grew up in that era, they, they're not as attached to those ones, right? Because they weren't in the show. So that just kind of bothered me. Yeah,
3: that's true. But I mean, it's never, it's not like Dazzler was like a mainstay of the X-Men. She was around no. for a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like know. Not like one of the original
3: no. five or, or even the second no. team. Like, she kind of came in for a little bit and then left. Yeah. Well, it's not like, oh, how could you cut Dazzler?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have
3: liked to have seen her, but anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. I wouldn't be mad about it. They did have her on the the 90s show eventually when they did the Dark Phoenix Saga, and uh, oh. she had a very deep voice. It was very like a Kathleen Turner type of <laughs> voice.
0: Uh, was like, oh. Not what I ima- – I don't remember that, but I don't – that's not what I would imagine her sounding like.
3: No. And, and very, his uh, many like
0: painful. Alison Boyer
2: from Jazz or something like that. In <laughs> Mike L's very uh, nightly fantasies of Dazzler, that's not how she sounds.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: much different. She sounds like she sounds like that girl from the Orville, Yeah,
3: Holston Sage. Oh.
2: I don't know what kind of noise Mike L's going to be making, that she's going to turn it into light. <laughs>
0: that's right. <Yeah. laughs>
2: turn, turn those noises into light. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the book, uh, issue 28, again, 1983. Uh, Mike, you described describe this cover. Well, the,
0: this cover is beautiful. It's Bill cabbage, fully painted, uh, basically dazzler in her outfit, which is kind of like a white, I don't know what you'd call this, just
2: like a white, like a disco suit. jumpsuit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Huh. like it's full body, one piece, but it, you know, it's like bell bottom. You know, it, it's what's that called? It. It flares at the bottom like a yep, bell yep. bottom. and look, there's—I didn't even realize—but she's collar. wearing
2: roller skates. She's wearing roller skates. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's not that, Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. and then she has like a like a big collar, like it's because it's the '70s. And uh, she has like a her little—I think that's a mask, right? On
2: or is this no. makeup? I think it's makeup. like
0: face paint. Yeah. Yeah. Like eye yeah.
2: makeup. Yeah, it's just eye makeup and shadow. That's all
0: it is. Right. It. But it's just—I I mean, Bill Stenkavage is one of my favorite artists. Like, this is just amazing um it really is kind of like yeah it's kind of like it's hard to describe it if you can't look at it but it's like her one hand is like all light and then there's kind of like this uh, pattern it's sort of like light but it's painted so it's 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 basically it's somewhat abstract so it's hard to describe but it looks awesome yeah and it's all all like pink and 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 like realistic
3: too at the same time it's like this is what it would look like if this was a real person
0: yeah you're right you're right he's a great artist like yeah, He's amazing. just yeah, he can do like absolute photorealistic, or he can do exaggeration, or he can do abstract. Like, he can do anything. So, and then unfortunately <laughs> we're stuck with this really ugly logo right next to it. That just looks like an ugly 70s logo. But yeah, they, they put the
2: logo instead of across the top. It's on the left side. Um, right. To, I kind of like that. It on the side. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Not bad. Like yeah, yeah, it's along the spine of the book there, and it says Dazzler. It's pink and purple, and the whole color scheme is for the covers like purple and pinks and black and right. um but it's it's awesome so I yeah like
3: like, boxes like classy they're like oh we can't put like this stupid little you know picture of somebody's face yeah. or like sticking up there in that corner box it's like marvel comics group no no messing around just clean mm-hmm. text that's it yeah yep yeah yep. this is and a classy then- book until you get in the inside and you're like no <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we've got like the, the, the Marvel like, – there was a period where Marvel had like for their direct sales books, they had an M instead of just like a regular square. Oh, yeah, we should point out, I think Dazzler was the first comic exclusively sold in comic book stores. It was oh. the first one. Yeah, I believe it was the first one. So that was that's another kind of like milestone. Um, so that's why it's got the M there. Because yeah, when I was a kid, I remember the, the ones in the comic shops had the M and the ones in on the newsstand didn't. So that's how you could tell the difference. And then at the bottom instead of a UPC box
2: is the picture of Spider yeah. Spider-Man. So, yeah, I always knew that was different. Yeah. Um...
0: So anyways, right. yeah, we get our classy comic book here that we crack the cover and all of a sudden it's not so classy.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, but look at the top there, the Stanley presents. Usually they they'd have a big like paragraph explaining the character or whatever. Remember? But now it just says the shining superstar, Dazzler. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of weird, Ugh. that's what you get when you get a character that was just created for like a tie in for <laughs> a
3: real singer, They didn't put a lot of thought into it.
0: And so, it's funny because it's actually, I, I haven't read m- many like non X Men rogue appearances, so I was actually surprised she was here, and I was kind of happy. But this is like pre X Men, pre Good Guy Rogue. So she's—I don't know if you know this—but they essentially de-aged her. Like they didn't in story de-age her, but they portrayed her as being younger once she joined the team. But at this point, I think she's supposed to be middle-aged, and she obviously looks different. Her costume's different, and what she's doing is she is instead of having a punching bag, she has <laughs> this like like a stack of uh, bricks made into, like, a punching bag with Dazzler painted on top of them. It's yeah. ridiculous. Awesome. And she's smashing it, like, she's punching it, and she's saying, take that, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that! And then it says, she's rogue of the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants, which, by the way, I didn't know existed.
2: Yeah, neither did I, and I looked yeah. it up, you know what, that it doesn't weird. exist. It doesn't? It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, like, this was the oh, only okay. time it was ever mentioned. Like, oh. I, I tried to find <laughs> out, like, the history of the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants, like if, like, if they actually did break off from the Brotherhood at some point, but this is the only reference I could ever find to it was in oh, Dazzler okay. just a couple of issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Hey, by so... the way, real quick, I forgot to do uh, research on Rogue, but uh, does anybody know her first appearance?
0: Avengers Annual
2: number 10. Yeah. Hey, look at Mike Yale. Bang. <laughs> 1981. Who created her, Mike Yale?
0: Well, I believe Chris Claremont and Michael Golden, right? That is correct. Look yeah. at that. Mm-hmm. Ah, <sighs> anyway. This is a very
3: different rogue, yeah. I can definitely see where Chris Claremont changed a lot of things, because she's not even, like, conflicted. She's already got Miss Marvel's personality in there, but she's just like, I'm a fucking villain, and I like punching people. <laughs> right, I, right. didn't do anything to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is weird, because, okay, so yeah, she's punching out this thing, and then she's lifting up this
2: barbell with, like, it looks like... Oh, what a, oh we should mention... Did you mention the title of the issue? Uh, Vendetta... Yeah, and look at the exclamation point in Vendetta at the bottom of the page, a little knife, a little dagger. A little dagger, right dagger yeah. That, that. Kapow, Very yeah, cool. above that.
0: Yeah. So she's uh she's basically she's obsessed with uh Dazzler. She's pissed. So she's yeah, trying
2: Dazzler's beating her up in a couple other previous issues. Right, and, right. So she, she's basically working out in like a bargain basement, um danger like room. Like danger
0: room, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's got like this barbell with these two like car engines or transmissions or whatever they are on them. And she's like, one, you know, one, a two, a three. And she's like, you know, doing like sets with this barbell. And then in the next, and this is like a a montage. It's not panels. But then in the next one, she's like throwing darts at this picture of Dazzler. And then (laughs) in in the last one, she's got her feet up and she's pushing up this like gigantic coil that's like pushing down on her, I guess, to test her leg strength. And then we cut over and we realize that Mystique and, what's her name, Destiny, are uh, mm-hmm. actually in the room with her. And they're, like, chatting it up. And um, they're talking about how how much she hates Dazzler. And then, you know, Rogue gives us the benefit of flashing back to the last time she tangled with Dazzler, right?
2: Yeah. And
0: lost. <laughs> I
3: run back and read those issues, by the way.
0: Oh, good. You get the backstory. All right. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, I should also point out, there's a lot of backstory in this issue. A lot of, like, references yeah. to old stories, yeah.
3: This is but, clearly tying up, like, a whole, you know, the last eight issues or so.
0: Right, right. And then, so then Rogue's like, um, you know, uh, you know, but like a bad bad penny, she just kept coming back, all charged up and wiped us out. I can't figure it. All she's got is a bunch of hokey-like powers, but I'm Rogue. I'm not going to do her accent, but... um. <laughs> Yeah. So basically, yeah. They um, went
3: overboard with the accent in this one. Yeah. I always remember her having the southern
2: accent, but this this one, she's like foghorn, leghorn, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Also, uh, and we should mention this: she's wearing the the old green rogue outfit like that she originally had when she came into the X Men, like you know, old school. But her hair, like you mentioned, is much shorter. And and look at the white streaks. There's one on each side of her head, right? Not in the middle of the hair.
0: Like, yeah, uh, it's almost, that's what I mean. It's like she's supposed to be just old with, like, gray hair. It's kind of weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, like the Reed Richards. Right. <laughs> oh. yeah. and, so, and it seems like Destiny is much younger in this. Yeah, that's right? true. Later on, they always show His her as, body. like, a grandmother or something.
0: Totally right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. And so then we cut over – again, this is really weird. We cut into, like, the middle of a scene that obviously – Picks up from last issue, and I barely know what the hell's going on. Uh, Kevin, well, J, did you read last issue?
3: I skimmed it. I didn't have time to read it, but I kind of well, skimmed well, through
2: it. Well, Jank, you can explain what's happening here.
3: <laughs> so I think two issues before this uh, Lois, who is uh, Dazzler's sister, she is.
2: Like was it half sister? Yeah, right? half
3: sister, I think. Yeah, half sister, who has recently just come into her life. She is discovering that she is a mutant as well. Um, She started getting, like, faint and stuff, and then she got attacked by some, like, homeless guy in an alley, and uh, she ended up, like, draining the life force out of him (laughs) unintentionally. Uh, So he died, and basically, like, uh, somebody started sending pictures of this, you know, this guy's death, being like, uh, and basically blackmailing them, being like, hey, if you don't go kill this guy, um, I'm going to tell the cops. And so Dazzler and her sister were kind of on the run for the last issue, and... They've kind of been trying to figure out what to do. And they did end up going to this guy's house to try and kill it or figure something <laughs> out because they want the guy. The blackmailer wants them to kill this some guy. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> this is where it gets weird. Old man. So,
2: so the the guy who <laughs> saw who took pictures of the sister killing the homeless guy is trying to blackmail mm-hmm. them into killing this guy. Right. So they show up. But <clears throat> the angel gets involved somehow. Jen, right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because he's been around in a bunch of these recent issues. I guess they are pretty good friends, like him and, Angel, or him and I,
2: Dazzler. I know there was a, a cover earlier on where they were kissing. So I guess they're a
3: title. Yeah, Dazzler, oh. it seems like she got around in these issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's got a different fella every, every issue.
2: Hey, <laughs> and I, ju- I just looked up her sister, and apparently she becomes uh, someone named Mortis. Really? Yeah, I'm Mortis, was- Jane.
3: This was uh, probably like the 2010s or so. Um, she kind of came back. I think it was like Celine was involved, and she was kind of manipulating her. And Celine did this whole thing where she was, you know, bringing people back to life. And I don't know. She kind of manipulated uh, Mortis into being one of her helpers. Wow, she can. She one of her powers is a death touch.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's what she well, used I- on the homeless guy. And, Mike ever- Dell, I don't want to tell you this because you'll probably hate her now, but I think she killed a cat, too, with her power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't mean to.
2: Oh, goodness. <laughs> She's dead to me, too. I just used my death touch on Lois and yeah. just used
3: your death touch on your excitement pole
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so angel shows up to try and like well, what's what's he trying to do here prevent them from killing him i don't understand what he's what's happening here? yeah i don't yeah, know
3: yeah. he's trying to help them out of whatever jam they're in and he ends up getting
2: shot <laughs> yeah like the uh, is it the blackmailer who's also the guy's butler is that what's happening I yeah. properly yeah yeah he shoots angel but, you know, it's just one of those gunshot wounds that don't really hurt or injure you in any way. Just, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> makes it's you hold fleshly. your side for a while, but you're fine. <laughs> this is, yeah, this whole sequence is very awkward and confusing. Well, it gets more yeah. awkward because who is the guy in the bed that they were going to kill?
0: I don't remember.
2: Lois's daddy. Lois's daddy. Oh, right, dad. right, right,
3: right. What a coincidence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just awkward. Easy Warren. It's only a flesh wound. Don't make it worse.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just rough. <laughs> but you can see, like, this is very much a romance comic angle, right? About the right. lost sisters and the yeah. father. Right, and, right, right. Blackmail and, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. which could have been good. This so could be rough. good, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I gotta say for a thing that they've been building up A couple of issues with them going on the, the run And being fugitives and stuff It gets wrapped up real quickly here They're yeah. just like yeah
2: whatever the pictures and, you think prove that, that she and you think they would plot. wrap it up If it's such a big plot going on That they would wrap it up right at the start of the issue Like if you ended last issue with uh, Angel getting shot or something or, or what's going on Like You think you would start the next issue with that immediately But we get that rogue stuff ahead of time So that makes this seem almost like an afterthought.
0: Right. Good point. Good point.
2: Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I like when the cops show up at the end. Hey, police officers, I think we'll hear the rest of this story at headquarters. Yeah. They had overheard like the confession and stuff. And, uh, there you go. That's done. <laughs> but, wait, but wait, the other cop says,
0: I, I owe you an apology, Mr. Barnett. That guy does have wings. <laughs> <sighs> and then, oh yeah, and then, and then uh, Dass was like, Ken! And at the bottom it says, Ken Barnett is an old flame of Allison's. So yeah, oh, right another, <laughs> another old and this,
2: flame. This guy's yeah. got red curly hair and a mustache. Mm-hmm. He's like a quarter <laughs> pounder away from being Ronald McDonald, this guy. But, uh, <laughs> he's pretty good.
0: Ah. Uh, then there's a lot of talking and explaining and, like, yeah. backstory and, ugh.
2: Well, well, the, the redheaded dude, I guess, what? He's a, what is he? He's, He's a, a lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he says the fella who was uh, going to blackmail him was carrying more f- photographs of that incident involving Lois and the derelict. And they show conclusively that Lois was clearly defending herself. Right. Problem you know, well, yeah. he solved. Still and because, images can show that conclusively. Right,
0: and because gets, uh, Napier, the guy who was trying to blackmail Lois, was carrying more photographs of that incident, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and get this, the official cause of death was cardiac arrest, a heart attack. Thanks for explaining that. And then he's like, the findings, once submitted to a judge or a grand jury in the future, will result in a dismissal of all charges, I'm sure. But then, on the next page, Lois says but I know what did happen. I saw the aura of energy crackling around my hand, an aura that evidently does not photograph. That poor Dara, like, did attack me, and the official cause of death may have been a heart, shown heart attack, but, in, but it, in my mind, it was still murder. How can I yeah. live with... Oh, and then she sorry. gets cut off.
2: Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, she's saying this, but it, just in her mind, though, like, right. she's not speaking this out loud, no, even no, though they no, put no. it in quotes, right. and, but they put it in boxes instead of dialogue balloons to I guess convey that she's okay. you think they would just put it in thought balloons to make it clear right no. right right and it's <laughs> just so
0: awkward because then she gets interrupted because then all of a sudden Ali what's wrong this music she's like that that music it's the record I cut in New York turn it up please driver just <laughs> on to the next thing you know yeah. oh man <laughs> And, you and know, murder cases bre-
3: are one thing, but this is a, a
2: hit single. Come on! <laughs> yeah. And, and the and the DJ says, and that was a brand new single, waxed by our newest singing sensation, Allison Blair. It's climbing the charts and headed for Hitsburg. Next, <laughs> next on the moonbeam, we have some solid gold from the grooveyard. But first, click. They turn okay. it off. I wanted to hear what was on the moonbeam. <laughs>
0: Dialogue
2: there. Do you use that
3: phrase all the time, Mike Dell?
2: Yeah. works headed with the ladies. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: so. And then, oh, so here's was, a
3: Taylor Swift and That's headed for Schittsburg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, th- this uh, Lois's dad, who I guess is... Oh, I'm so confused about the relations here. Like, he made sweet, sweet love to her mom. To Alice's yeah, mom. This second husband, who he, after
3: allison's de- mom left her her dad she hooked up with this guy
2: and it turns out so. this guy's an alcoholic and abusive because he seems very nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he seems very nice here yeah because he seems hey i can make you we can make some contacts for you here in california perhaps you can meet roman nicobo roman nicobo yeah. that's a weird thing yeah i know the biggest singing star of our age you don't really know him, do you? know him. I own him. Uh-oh, look out. <laughs> yeah, but you think, uh, you don't hear too many guys named Roman Nicobo becoming famous. They probably no. changed that at some point. Yeah. Yep. Roman Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Michael, while they're talking about Roman
1: Nicobo, what happens?
0: How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh. Add some steam, sizzle, and spice.
1: <laughs> Wait you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.
0: Uh, so then, um, basically, they pull into like the, the mansion here and standing up on like the entrance is rogue and rogue leaps off of his pillar to the, the gate and leaps onto the top of the uh, limousine or whatever. And it's like, ta-da, nice to see you y'all. <laughs> and then it's so weird because then there's this gigantic, you yeah. know, uh, you know, three bubbles of dialogue of her talking to uh, to Allison as she's pulling her out of the car. Surprised to see me, ain't you, sugar? And then she just goes on and on and on. Yes. And then she kicks the door with her high heel, and then Allison's on the ground, and there's three more bubbles of dialogue. Then yeah, she this, does a...
2: This, Michael, this is kind of like Silver Age kind of stuff, right? Like, they put in all that dialogue. In right. The it's yes. just
0: rough, yeah. And, um, and like... And then and then she and then she like does a flying kick into the door, then she punches the door, and then she's like, I don't know why she's going crazy on
2: the car. Well but, she's uh, trying to lock she's trying to lock them in the car. She's busting the door so they ah, can't okay. get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> then she the wants car. to rip
3: out the horn so that Dazzler can't get any uh, you know sound to use.
2: Ah. Yeah, so but, it, but do the, none of these other people know she's Dazzler though, do they? Her sister definitely does.
3: Oh, ah, okay. Um, I think the lawyer guy does. Ah, oh, all right. Well, then that's lucky,
2: because otherwise they would just <laughs> ruin her, her sacred identity with uh, rogue <laughs> yeah. about.
0: Right. So yeah. So she yeah. So she's like you know. Uh, and in case and just in case you're thinking about having one of your buddies hit the horn, so you can use your powers. Forget it. When I'm done trashing this limo's engine, there ain't gonna be enough left to s- stuff in a stocking. And then she's like ripping wires out and like pieces of metal, and it's like totally destroyed and then and then the next page and, it, and it's funny because i do think frank springer is a good artist but he's very right. awkward at drawing
2: action yeah because yeah. well, he's a romance guy really right you know? right right that's and so cool. but I, to... I like his art though i gotta i'll talk about it later but oh yeah I, I, I like this panel uh because allison's running away dazzler's running away and he shows her like running out of the panel like she goes down into the next panel you know
0: here's the thing is that's cool but look at her leg the her leg should be like coming towards us, so it should be a little bit larger, but it actually yeah. is a little bit smaller. So,
2: well, because yeah. it's you know it's the romance genre <laughs> yeah. of art, small you know feet, I mean?
0: yeah, it's not the
2: Jack Kirby kind of thing, yeah. right? So but, then she's uh, running away, and and it's weird because
0: okay. again, it's like this is not in real time because there's all this dialogue and all these thought bubbles, and Rogue has superpowers. She has the powers of <laughs> Marvel, and and, and she Alice, can fly. Yeah, and she can fly. And Allison has time to run, like, 50 feet, find a garage, see a car, go into the garage, start the car. Meanwhile, what is Rogue waiting
2: for? But what I, I think well, Rogue says, uh, run anywhere your little heart desires. It's going to be a pleasure watching you, j- you hightail it like a jackrabbit. So I guess she's just playing with her, toying with her, letting her okay. run. But, so, um, but, but notice in the third panel on that page, the one that goes all the way across the page, if you look closely at uh, Dazzler there, she's excited.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. Good, good either, Michael. Yep. Well, a good chase will do that to you.
2: Yeah. You never have to worry about me noticing that. With, uh... <laughs> yeah. She's wearing a very low cut red blouse. And uh, yeah, she's excited. Yeah. All right. Put so in she finds. Doing that much right. <laughs> don't want to chase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she finds some old cars in the garage because they're on the estate of this rich dude who her step, her, her half father is. Or what would her father, that would be her what? What's her relation? Half Stepfather? daddy, I don't half know. step daddy. I, I don't know. Very <laughs> yeah. confusing. Uh, but they find this old, like nineteen thirties kind of convertible, yellow convertible car, and she gets in it. And luckily, the keys are in the ignition. So. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. That is lucky. And uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> had the keys in it.
0: And then, uh, and then she basically honks the horn, which so then she's able to use her powers, convert the sound of the horn into light energy lasers. And shoots or uh, uh, Rogue. And then Rogue uh, ends up coming down and grabbing onto the back bumper. But the back bumper rips off. So Dazzler is able to get away, but Rogue is still running. Then she jumps onto the side, kind of like back side of the car. And then, this is my favorite scene, is... Um, She's holding it to the side of the car. And again, there's, there's a, tons of thought bubbles, as uh, Allison's thinking. And then she's driving around, to sh- trying to shake her off. She can't get her off. She's going around trees. It doesn't work. So finally, she sees this big tree. And then Rogue looks over, and she's like, hey, you gone local or what, lady? You're heading this heap straight towards that tree. And then bang, kablam, she <laughs> smashes <laughs> into the tree and knocks Rogue off. <laughs> Uh, and and also yeah, spare
3: is able to fly and doesn't need to hang on to this car at all. She right, right, right. Once.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, but yeah, again, Rogue has superpowers, so she's okay. So then Allison keeps driving, uh, and then she comes to like this fence, and there's this is great line of dialogue: a fence and the outside beyond. <laughs> and, so, and so she she does like a figure eight, and then you know drives around smashes through the uh fence to get away and then splang. she's yeah, splang. splang. she's still not uh, off the property now she comes into an airport she's like an airfield i'm still on the estate that must be nick brown's private aircraft so then uh rogue is flying towards her still um but then she manages to uh this is kind of awkward is she flying under the jets No. Suddenly she stands on the brakes and leans on the horn. Oh, that's what she is. Yeah, she she activates the horn so she can shoot her lasers again. Shoots Rogue. Now Rogue is kind of like almost knocked out, but not quite. And then uh, Allison gets onto... um, (laughs) She climbs into the top of this jet and like... It opens up the cockpit. She's like, "Oh no, it's already open. I'm in luck. The cockpit's open now to see what the inside of this thing looks like." Uh
2: oh, it's all yeah, these complicated
0: he, controls.
2: Who'd have
3: thought there'd be so many buttons? Yeah, exactly. But keep in mind
2: the lever. This is this is that guy's private airfield, and like he has like I guess passenger jets and commercial planes. This is apparently a fighter jet. It just has right. a cockpit up front. Yeah, I mean, it seems weird yeah. that you would have a fighter jet. <sighs> but all right,
3: and he leaves it open. That, that's yeah. asking for a
2: lot. But well, the keys are in the ignition. But yeah. He's, <laughs> so. So, so yeah, she she just starts hammering buttons, Mike, out to try and start it up, right?
0: Right, or yeah, make noise or do something. So then she ends up, uh, she's like, oh, I think she's almost turns on a jet engine here, and then Rogue's like, uh oh, I I think I see what she's trying to do. She ain't stupid. She's not trying to fly that buggy. She just wants to start it. And then we see like the, <laughs> the jet engine, like v- vow. Is that what this says? Vow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> vow and then the next (laughs) one roar uh gotta get this canopy open and then and this is rogue before too late and then all this light spills out and now she's in full dazzler mode right and then she knocks rogue off of the plane rogue falls over and she's like shooting with her lasers and then um rogue's down for the count but then what happens is uh the jet is still kind of moving and so She's like, uh, she like. so Rogue jumps on Dazzler, Dazzler kicks her off, uh, Dazzler shoots her again, and then um, she's down. But then what happens is the, the jet is turning, and then it says, barely conscious, she stumbles back from the Relentless Barrage. And then, oh no, Rogue, the air intake, don't! So Rogue's about to get sucked into the jet air intake, but Allison, you know, is a superhero, and so she can't let her get killed, right, because that would be murder. So then she... Uh, leaps through the air and pushes rogue out of the way out of harm's way and so now rogue is okay. And then yeah. she her. for everyone. Yeah, so then she grabs <laughs> her and again, there's still like, you know, two minutes worth of reading uh, on this <laughs> last all this text. What she's <laughs> thinking is she's like Dragging Rogue by her like the back of her collar. And then this is funny. She she dumps her into the trunk and just leaves the trunk open and then just drives <laughs> down the highway with rogue in the trunk. It's funny. Uh-huh. And, yeah.
3: and her plan is to turn rogue over to the police. Like they're gonna be able to stop this super <laughs> strong woman. Right.
0: <laughs> and then at the bottom it says, next, more on Lois London, Nick Brown, and Roman Nekaba. plus a brand new villainous, all in
2: fame. There you go. The end. Well, well, let's read this final panel, though. Uh, now I've got to get back to get those folks out of the crush limo. And then I've got a sister to help and a career to pursue. And if the money starts to come in uh, from my hit record, I might even ask to buy this buggy from Nick Brown. Something <laughs> for the girl who has everything. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Everything. And there you go. That's like the romance stuff, you know, like all the personal problems. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, this is very much me. a, a this romance. This car has been through a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, back. would you really want to buy that car? You <laughs> rode it. You drove it into a tree. It lost its spare tire and everything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, this is very much a romance book with a superhero character, not a superhero book with romance angles. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's very different. But, um, so, Michael, yeah, when you read the other ones... like. When that Danny Fingeroth guy was writing, is that how they all were written?
0: Yeah, I would say pretty much the same. Yeah, it's always talking about like her her record career, her relationship with her mother, her relationship with her boyfriend. So, yeah, definitely more romance for sure.
3: Yeah, and when I you're... she's very rarely in the costume,
2: <laughs> it's mostly hmm. fighting in her regular clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Which it, to it, me. Also uh, I was... sorry, the, I... the costume is kind of like that one piece white jump bodysuit on right. right the cover
0: it's it's almost like this is a 70s TV show adaptation. You know, like when they would do Wonder Woman of the Hulk, it's like, okay, we've only got a budget to show the Hulk twice. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's like. It's like, well, we don't really yeah. want it to be a superhero show. She can have a costume, but she only puts it on here and there. And that's what it feels like. That is a very good
3: comparison. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know what she does do a lot is she loves throwing on the fucking roller skates, even at horribly right. times. Uh-huh. Like uh, 20, I read issue 22 and like they're in the woods and she's like, I got to put my skates on.
2: I'm like, right, <laughs> right. she's in the oh, woods. You do that? <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. there's a later issue. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe, but Zinkevich does a painted cover for it. So maybe around 32 or something where on the cover she's uh, like roller derbying it up or she's got this little shorts and the skates and there's a roller derby team behind her. Uh, it's an awesome cover. But, uh, Did you
3: see that uh, Sienkiewicz cover that was like parodying uh thriller? <laughs> yep. No.
2: Yep, yep, yep. That <laughs> yeah. That one's great. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. The creator here, again, the writer and artist is Frank Springer. He was born in New York in 1929. Uh, sadly, he passed away in 2009 at the age of 79. He got his art degree from Syracuse University. He served two years in the Army, and then he started doing freelance work around New York. He got a gig as the assistant for artist George Wonder on the comic strip Terry and the Pirates. Really? I've always heard of that strip, but I never read it or anything. Yeah, I've never read it. I've Um, heard much about it, though. He got into comic books in 1962 with Dell Comics. No relation. In
0: 1965,
2: he teamed with writer Michael O'Donohue to create The Adventures of Phoebe Zeitgeist a serialized adult comic series for the Evergreen Review Literary Magazine. It was for mature readers. So you know what that means. Boobs.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: That's right. He was drawn naked ladies. Uh, now, do you guys know who Michael O'Donoghue was? No, I don't think so. Nope. Nope. He, he was on the early seasons of Saturday Night Live. He would do a, occasional bits. Oh, yes.
0: Okay. I remember like, him.
2: He did one uh, thing where he did an I- imitation of Tony Orlando and Don – if they had giant metal spikes in their eyes, Sounds <laughs> <Okay. laughs> awesome. And he just rolled around on the stage screaming and holding his face. So, yeah, <laughs> I go with that. <laughs> Sadly, he died at like uh, he was only like forty-seven when he died of a brain aneurysm or something. Oof, that's yeah, rough. that sucks. Uh, anyway, and a happier note: um, Frank Springer went on to draw Batman issue one ninety-seven in nineteen sixty-seven. That was like oh. his first work at DC. Michael, Ooh, Batman. nice. I think he also did some heroes for what? What did they call it? H is for Heroes or whatever that was. Oh, Dial H for Hero. Yeah, I think he did some of that or something. Uh, so he started doing regular work with Marvel in 1968. He took over Nick Fury, Agent of Shield after Sterenko left. Nice. He did issues four, six, and uh, through eleven, and then he drew uh, 29 issues of Dazzler, like we mentioned, from issues four to 35. He drew eight issues of US One in 1983. Michael, tell the kids what US One is. <laughs> oh, I never read it, but that's the motorcycle. Team, no, no, right? no, 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 no. No, that's no, a truck no. one, ain't it? Yeah, yeah it's an eighteen-wheeler.
0: Oh, never read it.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll do it on air because uh, yeah, he's a there truck driver superhero. His superpower is he has a CB. I really <laughs> <laughs> mean, just the truck driver. Uh, he also did some GI <laughs> Joe and Transformers. Michael.
0: That's right. That's why I know where I know from Transformers
2: number what three, two, three, and four. I think. Yeah, he did a few and he did a a good bit of GI Joe, like not a good bit, but maybe about six GI Joes or so. Mm -hmm. Um, He also did a lot of inking and he had extended inking runs on the Invaders, Mm -hmm. Uh, Peter Parker and the Spectacular Spider Man, the Savage She Hawk, Coyote. Mike, oh, you own Coyote, don't you? That's something you bought that never, but never read, right, Coyote? Oh, Steve
0: Englehart, right. Yeah. Yep, I got, I got the whole series. Never read it.
2: And he also uh, inked the entire Vision and Scarlet Witch, uh, the 12-issue miniseries. Uh, ah, one. nice. Now, his writing credits, he only has three. He, he, wrote, he was co-credited <laughs> with uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. issue 10, I think with Gary Friedrich as well, or co-credited there. And then he did Dazzler's issues 27 and 28. So... <laughs> That's it. You like, think they just couldn't drama. get anybody
3: else, and they're just like, well, I think that's here, what it was. On it. <laughs>
2: yep. yep. So, wow. Yeah. I can see why. Well, yeah, he's, he's not really the writing here what you mentioned going throughout. It's very, uh, it's oddly paced. Um, like you said, in action scenes, there's so much dialogue and. Right, pop, right, right. Holy hell. Um, but yeah, it's very much, it reads like a romance comic. Uh, Mm -hmm. not a superhero comic anything else about the writing michael well yeah i mean it's
0: pretty terrible that's all i can say like very (laughs) awkward like everything you just said like mm. like so it's just the amateur mistakes like yeah way too much dialogue and confusing like all those flash like jumping into a, a story and just it's you're totally confused you have no idea what's going on like yeah it's not great
3: yeah, I, I don't mind the, the over dialoguing of it because I feel like that was just comics back then. They, they pretty much all did that. <laughs> so I can't ding them for that, but the storytelling wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, pl- the pacing and the plotting were kind of all over the place.
0: Right.
2: And uh, so, what about I actually like the art here because, again, it is a classic oh, yeah. like romance style art. So, as long as you accept that and just embrace it, <laughs> it's really good. But if you're looking for like Jack Kirby, John B. Sema kind of stuff, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Like, no, but
0: and also when Frank Springer inked himself, I think he inked himself on Transformers number three or four. It's amazing. It's so good. And so, yeah, yeah that's why I'm a fan of him because I know like how good he can be.
2: There, there's just some really good panels in here, too. Uh, I, I like when yeah. uh, Dazzler is like zapping Rogue once and for all, like really knocking her out. And there's like uh, the rainbow colors coming yeah, off. Yeah,
3: I was going to mention that. I love that uh, panel.
2: That's a great panel. Um, I love the panel when, uh, well, when Dazzler emerges from the cockpit, that's pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, uh, when Rogue is chasing Dazzler and she's driving the car, it's the bottom left on page. Uh, I don't even freaking know. Um, I think it's before they run into the tree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's when she first lan- latches onto the side of the car, but that panel in the bottom left there, Rogue's in the background running and you get the tilted, uh, Picture of Dazzler looking over her shoulder. Uh, I think that's really good. Oh yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. She was excited in that one panel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. He knows how to draw beautiful women for sure. Yeah, and it's a simplistic style. Yeah, the faces Mm -hmm. all look very attractive, and you know, good-looking ladies. I gotta say, Rogue didn't
3: look so good. Well, uh, (laughs) I've been guessing that was just because what—that's what they told him to do. Right, right. Is maybe she was supposed to be older, and look like, uh, you know, Barbara
2: Bush. (laughs) (laughs) You know, now that you mention it, that is not a bad comparison. (laughs) uh, So yeah, I actually like the art quite a bit. Me too. Jank, how do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Good job. Right. Definitely right. better than Wolfpack last week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I you agree. can say that. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and also, but just in terms of the book, I, I love the fact that there's a fight, you know? I <laughs> like a good hero-supervillain fight. Yeah. And he, you get a car chase It was a, a good most of the book, yeah. The fight went yeah. on for a while. Yeah, yeah so I like that. Um, so overall, I'd probably give it a six. Um, I, I, could even be, I could even be talked into a seven if you want to give credit to the Sienkiewicz cover really as well what,
0: what what would you base it if the art wasn't so good
2: well yeah i wouldn't be yeah the writing is not good but the art <laughs> okay. is really good you know like i i like the art so i, yeah, just, sent guys,
0: I just sent you guys a clip of his art on um, transformers number four look at those ladies at the top it's good stuff but anyway <laughs> um yeah uh, yeah, here's the thing. I think the art is great. Like, I love Frank Springer, but this script is terrible. So, like, the highest I can go is a four. <laughs> but the cover is great, too. The cover's really yeah,
3: the cover's Yeah, great. the cover bumps it up a couple notches. Jack? <laughs> I think I'm going to go six as well. Um, I would probably go higher, but of the Dazzler issues I read this week, this was probably the weakest. Oh, really? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so I liked the other ones slightly better. They had a better, uh, I don't know, they balanced things better to me. But um, I, yeah, the art was pretty good and the story wasn't terrible. So I, I liked it.
2: I liked it well enough. It's above average. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, Rogue trying to get revenge on Dazzler. It's good stuff. Sure, yeah. the blackmail murder stuff was a little weird, but you know. <laughs> Once they got that out of the way, yeah, then it was fine, yeah. See, no one
0: thing I'll give Dazzler credit for is no matter how bad the series is, it always makes me want to read more. Yeah, yeah I can see There's, that. There is, there is something about it, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind checking out another Dazzler at some point. Yeah. yeah but...
3: It is kind of tough that like, your, your main character only just basically turns sound into light, like laser blasts. So it's not like you can have a lot of interesting fights.
2: <laughs> it's just right. for shooting well, lasers and things. Well, they, they, they uh, branched out later. Like, she would do, like, those little light shows to, like, uh, c- confuse and, like, hypnotize people and remember yeah. all that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, That's pretty cool.
3: It does make me definitely want to go back and reread, like, the issues when Dazzler came into the X-Men. Because right. Rogue was on the team at the time, so that must have been awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't
2: remember if they ever even – they had to have no, mentioned
0: it, right? No, no, Dazzler came in at 130, but Rogue didn't join until, like, 180 or something.
2: No, Dazzler made an appearance no, when she joined,
0: yeah. she, didn't oh, join no. right. she joined. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's right. I always think she joined right away. Yeah, okay. Uh,
2: they asked her to join and she turned them down because she right. was focused on her singing career. Right. She was just in that one issue. Yeah. Do you remember? And, I, go ahead. And let me just say, the reason they, she was in that issue is because uh, the Hellfire Club and the X-Men had both detected a mutant presence and I, they right. were both trying to like recruit her and they, 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 they uh, descend on a nightclub where she's performing and... They fight and stuff, yeah.
0: I always was bothered by the very, very first time that Cyclops meets uh, Dazzler. And he's like, uh, he's like, call me... Or hold on a sec here, I'm just opening it. But she's like, call me Dazzler, darling. Of course, she says darling too, right? Of course, everyone's got to say darling, <laughs> the X-Men. But she's like, call me Dazzler, darling. That's my name. That's what I do, dazzle people. And then Cyclops is like, have you ever wondered where your your light powers come from? Nope. Uh What? <laughs> You just suddenly get the ability to convert light, you know, or sound yeah. into light lasers, and you don't ever question where it comes from. I always don't just thought over- that <laughs> was
2: bad. Don't overthink it. Just embrace yeah. the fact that you have yeah. a mm-hmm. uh,
0: <laughs> So, yeah, check out Halston Sage. <laughs> Pardon me.
2: Anyway. All right. So there it is, Dazzler. <clears throat> That's right. Any closing thoughts? Good Jack?
0: Only only what I just said a minute ago, which is, again, watch the movie for Halston Sage and check her out in the Orville and check her out. I guess she's got a new show that I haven't seen, what, but I'm going to watch Mike, it. Like yeah,
2: why don't you save it for your Halston Sage podcast? Yeah, that, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> <But, laughs> <laughs> Fleabag motel fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Any other final thoughts, Cenk?
3: Uh I mean, this does make me... Uh, understand that whole Mortis thing uh, a little bit better too. Because oh, okay. I at that time when I read that story, I had no idea who the fuck the Dazzler
2: even had a sister. <laughs> so at least now uh, I have some context. And by the way, I pan down in the letters pages uh called Dazzling Dispatches. Awesome. Oh. Yeah, we should read letters too on the show. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, dear Ooh. Dazzlers. <laughs> I I love that they would always print the person's name and their street address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can never do that nowadays. You, you could just drive around murdering people. <laughs> did you Did you guys ever have a letter published? No, I never wrote no. one. No, I
0: I wrote two of them, one to GI Joe, and then one probably to Transformers. Never had the courage to send them. Uh. And then finally, the first one I ever mailed. Got published in New Whoa. X-Men number 117, which was, I what? was reacting to Grant Morrison's first issue, and they published it in his, the third issue, yep.
3: Wow. They didn't post mine, which was, this is crap. <laughs> Bring back the
0: actual oh, You know what mine was? It was, this is the best issue of the series in the in the series history. Wow. And that's probably why it got published. Yeah, I wonder why it got published. <laughs> yeah. i <I'm> serious, though. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I, I remember you, Kevin Jenk. You are the one online who responded when I when I posted that quote online on 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 a chat room. There was someone that said, "You know, and there you go, the dangers of smoking crack." And now I remember it was you <laughs> <who> said that.
2: <laughs> anyway. Could have been, but well, yeah. we learned last week that crack isn't dangerous at all. Exactly. <laughs> <do>. Nope. <laughs> well, Dive you. Yeah. All right. All right, now,
0: next week, it is time to return to the world's greatest superheroes. We're going to do, the first time ever, we're going to review an appearance by The
2: Flash. Wow, we haven't done The Flash yet? I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe, Uh, like, a cameo. Yeah, we did, like, Old Man Flash and, uh, like, you know, those uh, Justice Society deals that won Justice League. And then oh. we also did Flash and Infa- Crisis on Infinite Earths because he died at the beginning. Oh, that doesn't count. But anyway,
0: <laughs> this this is, uh, this is one of those ones you love, Mike Dell. An 80-pager. This what? Is, this is, oh, my God. <laughs> what, what are you are doing to him? Flash <laughs> Spectacular 1978, subtitled DC Special Series, Volume 2, Number 11. 80 so
3: page monthly flashbooks that were just regular sized for like, you know, 20 years
2: in there that now, you could pick from. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute, girl. Is this 80 pages of flash or is it like a bunch of stories in which you just read the flash? I think
0: there's ones? other characters in there, I think. I think there's All other
2: right. stories. Well, let's just read The Flash.
0: <laughs> if, if you insist, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes.
2: Yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: But anyway. You,
3: Mike Dell's only going to read the one about The Flash. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> 80 pages.
3: Yeah, that's, that's extreme.
0: <laughs> extreme. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, thank you for joining us, Kevin Jank.
1: Sure, so sure. We'll nice back
2: and- and like we said, next time you're on, we'll give you a break. But the next time you're on, we'll let you pick the book. All right. Yeah. Woo!
0: So, yeah, you can uh, you can hear every episode of Flea Market Fantasy on Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes under Comic Book Syndicate. You can also follow us on Comic Book Syndicate, uh, the Twitter feed, the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, and the Comic Book Syndicate website. Every week we review a different Bronze Age comic. One week I pick, one week Mike Dale picks, and sometimes Kevin Jake picks. So, until next week... Disperse! How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, How so? Get a little fresh? Add some steam, sizzle, and spice?
1: (laughs) Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? fire things up at Outback Steakhouse for a limited time try our bloomin' fried shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala try them all before they're gone let's Outback